This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for the Clang Valley's biggest conversation. Talk back on the evening edition, only on BFM 89.9. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday. It's Top Bank. The Uman Ezra biggest here. conversation. Indeed. And, of course, if you listened to our program yesterday, you would have heard that, you know, as part of the special programming we put honoring women for International Women's Day, uh, the celebration was highlighted by a specific importance of having women in the forefront to help shape the world we live in. And back home, our very own youth and sports minister, Kairi Jamaluddin, expressed his wish for uh, his wish for a Malaysian society that would move on from being patriarchal and misogynistic in objectifying women and he added that he wishes for a female prime minister by the year 2050 which is uh, the Najib administration's uh, target for uh, Malaysia to achieve developed nationhood. That's still a long time away but you know what we're asking you today if Malaysians are open to that idea. I mean when we talk about women leaders we think about Germany's uh, Angela Merkel, we think about Margaret Thatcher, Uh, we don't think about Theresa May just yet because, well, we don't know how good she is. Uh, But of course, there's Michelle Obama. I mean, she wasn't president Mm -hmm. yet, but she is one of, I guess, the most respected first ladies around who inspired women across continents to kind of stand up for what they believed in, right? Yeah, and if you look closer to home within the Asian context, we have uh, Aung San Suu Kyi. That's right. You know, her reputation has taken a bit of a beating due to the Rohingya crisis. Uh, You have um, Benazir Bhutto, assassinated former prime minister of Pakistan. She was a beacon of hope for women in the Muslim world. Uh, Closer to home, uh, you had Tansri Rafida Aziz, uh, the Iron Lady during her time in Cabinet and she, you know, she showed that she was quite a formidable uh, force. Uh, you think about people within, um, you know, the banking uh, sectors. You know, Tansri Zeti. Yeah, uh, of course. You know, a huge, huge figure. And you know, you're trying to sort of try and look at you know female um, leaders. And of course, it, it, it leans towards this question about whether Malaysia is ready for a female prime minister. What stopped us from from having one already? If you look at a lot of other countries that you wouldn't expect uh, to have, you know, a, a female. Leader, it's, it's it's one of those things that it's maybe we don't have to wait till twenty fifty. It might come sooner than you think. Well, I I, I, I don't think Kyrie's hoping that it comes too soon. I mean, he needs his chance to be prime minister. <laughs> easy, of course. Now, easy. Now. But uh, you know, I'm just curious about what is holding us back, right? Because we've mentioned all of these examples, and they're far and few between. Mm. They're still far and few between. Even though these examples that we mentioned are, um, you know, incredibly powerful ones, they're still not enough. And if you look at uh, women in politics in Malaysia, political participation in uh, as far as lawmakers and policymakers, that number is still far below what we'd like it to be. Yeah, um, and I'm going to read out a telephone number if you want to call in and chime in on this conversation. Uh, the number to call is 03-771-09000. You can text or WhatsApp us at 016-201-9000. Tweet us at BFM Radio. And um, you know, just to take a look at you know some of the comments made um, by uh, the Youth and Sports Minister on International Women's Day, um, you know, he spoke a lot about how by 2050, I want a Malaysia where women feel confident and secure enough to pursue their dreams and be ambitious. And that ambition is something that is not used against them. Uh, He goes on to say that by 2050, I want to say that values uh, our female athletes for their sporting achievements and not obsess about what they are wearing. He goes on in in this very lengthy post that he posted yesterday evening. It's got a lot of people talking. And I think we agree with almost everything he says in that post, right? I mean, you know, by 2050, men who don't pay child support should be jailed. You know, uh, 
um, uh, every woman should fulfill their full uh, potential contribution to the nation, whatever, however that may be. Uh, they need to be acknowledged for that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there is nothing there that we disagree with. But, but that being said, I'm sure people would have reservations yeah. about. Uh, whether they could see a female prime minister in Malaysia, and I think that's the question we're asking you today. I Absolutely, zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand is the number to call. Uh, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. Uma will be checking out all of your tweets, and if you know if you're on WhatsApp, I think many of you are. You can you can now WhatsApp us zero one six two zero one nine thousand. You know, it, it's one thing. You know, when we ask this question about um, do we foresee the first um, Malaysian prime minister. Uh, who happens to be female, uh, I think about how our female MPs have been treated in Parliament. We've seen these oh, horrendous videos awful. about how um, a lot of these parliamentarians speak disparagingly of their fellow MPs. And, uh, you know, currently only 23 out of 222 Malaysian MPs are women, or just 10%. And that's a far cry from the 20% world average. Uh, the f- highest proportion of female MPs comes from Selangor at 27%. Uh, Trunganu, for example, has not one one female legislator, even at the state level. So, you know, against this particular backdrop, uh, there's certainly quite a lot to do. We're asking you folks, uh, if you're ready for a female prime minister, is the country ready for a female prime minister, uh, prime minister and whether you're open to that idea? Yeah, I mean, you know, we were joking about uh, we were joking about 2050 being a, a far, a long time away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't believe that was exactly uh, what um, our sports minister was implying, um, you know, he's just saying by 2050, we should hopefully we should have achieved all of these things. Yeah. Uh, this kind of uh, gender equality, this kind of diversity should be there and in place for us to call ourselves truly first world and developed. Right. Yeah. Uh, call us at zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. You can text or WhatsApp us at zero one six two zero one nine thousand. Tweet us at BFM radio. And uh, now uh, go Siu Lin. Um, of course, we spoke about. Uh, about her a couple of days ago. The first female president of the KL Bar. That's right. And of course, you know, we asked her about this particular topic and she says uh, it's a mindset issue. Well, I think there are many qualified women candidates. So if actually the opportunity arises, uh, I think we could have a prime minister tomorrow, but we have to actually change our mindset. You know, we don't don't get distracted by whether she's got her monthly cycle, you know, whether she's emotional. I mean, I mean, that shouldn't detract from her capabilities to lead and to have a vision for the country and to and to fight against, you know, all the other issues of discrimination that we all face. That was Go Siu Lin, the first female chair of the Kuala Lumpur Bar Committee. And, you know, she's broken her own, um, you know, glass ceiling in her arena. Absolutely. And that's a huge achievement that um, that she managed to pull off along with you know, it's something that's happening you know, it took a long time to get to that moment and um, it, it's something that you, you want to transfer into uh, this particular arena as well and she's got her work cut out for her as well I mean it's a long road ahead in trying to implement the kind of uh, gender uh, 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 conscious gender sensitive uh, diversity uh, and, and equality policies that she wants to put in place. Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. It's top back. We're asking you: Are you ready for a female prime minister? Uh, Chris is our first caller of the day. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you doing? We're doing okay. Tell us what you think. Um, you know whether Malaysia is ready for a female prime minister. I think it could be ready, but um, I think that there are a lot of cultural norms here. I mean, I was born in Malaysia, and uh, I think there are a lot of cultural norms here that are preventing that from happening. Sure. Primarily. Um, I mean, our, our intertwining of church and state um, and having traditional religions coming into it and 
talking about the benefits of man being stronger than woman and everything, right. it kind of indoctrinates everyone into thinking, well, maybe a man can be the only leader we have. And, and do you think uh, that there are other challenges um, that prevent us from seeing something like this in the near future? Is that the main thing for you? Well, I think we just have to kind of let go over the vestiges of the past a little bit, embrace the future. Um, we can't be living our lives following uh, doctrines that are 2,000 years old and expecting it to move forward. And, and Chris, um, you know, tell us, do you think that, um, you know, by 2050, it's possible that we would see uh, Malaysia's first female prime minister? Well, I think it's definitely possible. The question I have is, before 2050, is it possible to have maybe a non-Muslim at the top of our country? Sure, that's a fair question. Thank you very much uh, for that, Chris. Uh, if you want to chime in, 0377109000, you can text or WhatsApp us, 0162019000, and tweet us at BFM Radio. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, you know, it's entirely possible. The Constitution states that whoever commands the majority support yeah. in, in Parliament can be the Prime Minister. There is no gender, religious specification per se, right? Yeah. Um, it's important to note that what Chris said was very, very accurate. We've seen this happen in many... Um, every time there was a female candidate being put up, for example, for elections, there's always some ridiculous comment about her time of month. The rhetoric becomes so primal, yeah, right? Yeah, the rhetoric just is, is ridiculous. And, 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 we, and we do, we normalize that kind of behavior because we lie on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's, there's no other way to put it. And, and you can almost see it coming. And a lot of us uh, shrink uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we shirk at the, ch- at the challenge of, of what's taking place. And I think that's something that needs to be addressed. Moving on to our next caller, uh, this is Mrs. Ampi. Hi, Mrs. Ampi. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Ezra. Hi. Uh, Hi, Mum. <laughs> tell us what you think uh, about, you know, seeing uh, the first female prime minister. You know, that would make you pretty excited. No. It won't because as oh. long as women, as long as women I have my mouth support, on the floor. What's going on? But as long as women don't support women, it's not going to happen. Ah, yes. You forget about men supporting men, uh, women. But as long as women, because uh, as a trainer, when I ask people, how would you like, uh, uh, what kind of a boss would you like, or would you like a male boss or a female boss? And it, it, the women say they want a male boss. So how do women actually move up the corporate ladder? In fact, if ever there was a woman I would have voted for was uh, uh, Tanshi Rafida Aziz. I would have voted for her because she was an excellent uh, minister. And I've heard overseas people telling me what a wonderful uh, leader she's been. But who in the last uh, few years? uh, So if women don't support women... Let's say we have a candidate out, and uh, the women won't vote for her. That much I know. Forget the men. As yeah, Mrs. Yeah, Nabi, yeah, it's, it's funny. Something that you mentioned there, uh, you know, brings me back to the American presidential election. I was just going to say where you saw a huge uh, amount percentage of, wo- of women not vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, and I wonder if that's what you're referring to as well here. That's, no, absolutely, and that is America, and this is Malaysia. We're an Asian country. It takes a long time for someone to. And un- someone to say, okay, this is a woman I can uh, make uh, become my prime minister. It's going to be really hard. You know, as long as men keep uh, decrying women and women agree and don't stand for their rights, it's not going to happen. 50 years? Ha, give it another. Give it another 50, maybe. 
All right. Thank you very much, Mrs. Zampi. Uh, Uma will be home for dinner very, very shortly after this program. <laughs> Folks, there you have it. I mean, uh, Uma's mom calling in and saying, you know what, she doesn't see it happening uh, by well, 2050. Well, she raises a, a point, which was, a, yeah. which was, a, which was a, a very big point of conversation yesterday on International Women's Day. And I, I saw articles about it and I saw people posting on Facebook about it, about how women need to rally together and support each other as well and that is a that is a that is a weak point in in i guess in the fight for equality folks it's top back uh, the number to call is zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand is malaysia ready for a female prime minister we'll answer that question right after these messages on bfm 89.9 time for the four t's tweet text talk talk back on bfm 89.9 it's Uma and Ezra on TalkBack. The number to call is 0377109000. The question we're asking is, is Malaysia ready for a female prime minister? Uh, you can text or WhatsApp us at 0162019000 and, of course, tweet us at BFM Radio. Yeah, so we've got some uh, texts and WhatsApps. Um, it says it's really not about the gender, but the right person in the right position. The obstacle here is the social fabric uh, that is uh, patriarchal in nature, and I, I couldn't agree more. I think that seems to be a big cultural uh, burden. Um, someone says, why not as long as she maintains high performance leadership and integrity and be better than her predecessor, whoever that may be? All right. 0377109000 is the number to call. Gopal is on the line. Gopal, what do you think? Oh, Gopal, try and call us back again. 0377109000. Moving on to our next caller, Stanley's on the line. Hi, Stanley. Hey guys, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, what do you think? Is it going to happen? Uh, the first female uh, prime minister for Malaysia? Well, um, which year? <laughs> the question is, which year are we talking about? In 50 years' time? Or in 30 years' time? Or what? Well, in a little over uh, 20... What do you think? What yeah. do you think? You, you tell us a number. Well, I think at the rate we're going, I probably never. <laughs> well, that's a very pessimistic point of view. But until... We, can't, we don't even award things, um, people based on meritocracy. We are still so hooked up with one's color, beliefs, gender, and... I can't imagine Malaysia having a female president, a prime minister for a very, very long time. And, of course, like the previous caller, uh, she's mentioned about the separation of a church and state. And, ironically, religion is so intertwined in the culture, and um, and they play such a big role. We have heard preachers preaching that women should just stay at home and just be mothers or just factory for babies. And people do believe those people. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, if, I guess I suppose if we normalize that kind of rhetoric as well, that's exactly what's going to happen, right? The public at large will think, especially when it comes from someone of authority that you're supposed to trust. Yeah. Um, we haven't moved beyond that at all. Yes, yeah, you know, thank you very much for calling in, Stanley. And, you know, he, he raised an important point because there, it's, it's not just about trying to figure out on merit whether we can find a female candidate who can uh, uh, serve the office of prime minister. Well, there that are goes co- without saying because even today you have that. That's right. right? And, and there are just so many cultural elements that need to be addressed, especially when it comes to uh, patriarchy and you know a lot of the misogynistic comments that we're seeing in the public space. So I think we can move beyond that conversation or argument that just says, uh, oh, you know, if the person is qualified, then why not? I think I think we have qualified candidates even today. Yeah. Um, so clearly it's something else, and we want to ask you what that something else is. What is holding us back if you don't believe that Malaysia is ready for a female prime, uh, prime minister? Our next caller is Surya. Hi, Surya. Hi, um, okay, what my, my issue with those previous callers was, they just condemn what we don't have, but we should look forward to what we can do, especially in people in power like Kyrie, right? 
what is he rooting for so that there'll be more women in politics? Yes. Um, my, 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 my suggestion would be like, you know, if he's going to put forward some form of policy to encourage women um, in politics or, 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 or um, lobby for affirmative action so that we have a quota in our parliament that um, women are represented more. I guess um, the question should be people already in power, what are they doing to encourage women to be in politics and to, to be able to have more of us so that we could make a difference. Maybe not in, I mean, like, maybe not in 2015, but it could be in 10 years' time. Oh, because, you know, I think you're absolutely right. Now. I think you're absolutely right in that, yeah, women have to make all these considerations that men don't that men don't even have to consider. They have to consider yeah. about their family life and all of these things before they even think about running, right? That is true. And more educated women are around, but, you know, but do we have some form of, like, I, I don't know, um, incentive to get into politics? We could be bright, we could be, we could be, um, we could be good at what we do, but what is the incentive? And, of course, we had a... We had, a, we had a caller previously who just happened to be my mother um, yeah, who I called. Know, know, um, and, and, and do you agree with that as well? I mean, is that a problem that you faced in your life of uh, women not supporting each other in the workplace, let alone in politics? Um, that is so untrue. I mean, there are... Like, are you calling Uma's mom a liar? Is, is that what you're doing? <laughs> Don't do that, Syria. I, mean, <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I, I don't think she's, she's a liar. <laughs> no, no, carry on. We're joking all, with you. If at all, she encourages other women. Um, but my point is, um, there are a handful like that in the workplace because we're competitive. There's probably only one or two women in leadership roles. So it could be seen that way. Like, um, But I guess um, as more of us are, are college educated and, and, and we all have like postgraduate, I think... I think it's about time that we see incentive in getting into politics. All right. Thank you very much for calling in, Surya. We appreciate your thoughts. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's so fascinating as well to hear uh, the different discussions happening uh, among women about this particular issue as well. I know. I think she's absolutely right about um, creating the correct atmosphere for women to get engaged in politics as well. No, we make it very difficult as in, you know, our, our political parties and all of these things. Sure, they, have, they all have women's wings and they all have a representation at their annual general meetings and all of that, but it doesn't really go very much further than that. Uh, we also have a poll uh, on Twitter uh, that you can participate in. Uh, the question reads, are you supportive of having a female uh, Malaysian prime minister? Uh, the options are yes and no. It's pretty straightforward. Very straightforward. The uh, results so far, Ezra, uh, 72% say yes and 28% say no. Oh. There you go. Right, a lot so, more so, than I thought. Actually. So log on to Twitter, to our Twitter page, and you can participate in that poll as well. Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. It's Tom back. We're asking you whether you're ready for a female prime minister for the country. Victor is next on the line. Hi, Victor. Hi, Umar and Ezra. Hey. So what do you say, Victor? Yeah. No, I don't see it coming. Female prime minister. Why is Simply that? because it would be unconstitutional. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> I don't know if you're a constitutional law expert, but you better articulate yourself. Well, you see in the provision in uh, in the constitu constitution about our prime minister, the masculine pronoun is always used. Is, him, he. Never see her. So <laughs> you'll be against the constitution to have uh, this uh, 
prime minister. Remember the hoo-ha about the word parent parents and, and, and parent, parent yeah. in the child conversion case. Yes. Yeah. Right. Very interesting perspective, oh. uh, Victor. Uh, I'll, I'll have to look into some of our experts and see whether that uh, particular approach holds up. I know oh, what trust tra- Victor to go down the semantic <coughs> route. I like Yes, it. absolutely. Uh, I think he raised an interesting point, and obviously that particular element seems like an anomaly, but within politics, in the Malaysian context, anomalies do exist within the main sphere, so that's a problem as well. So interestingly, Ezra, we've received at least four WhatsApp or text messages... Uh, just saying yes, because women are less corrupt. Oh, there you go. And I would like to know, I mean, I, I, I don't have any studies in front of me, but I would like to know if that's true and whether people believe that to be true. And if so, oh, yeah, hell yes for me too. <laughs> yeah, um, we'd love to hear from you. 0377109000. Our next caller is Kamar. Hi, Kamar. Hey, hi, Ezra. Tell us what you think. Um, do, you, do you foresee a female prime minister? <laughs> Just to repeat what Uma mentioned. <laughs> uh, yeah. And do you see it happening in the near future? Okay, I do not think so. Not because of lack of capability of capable women in Malaysia, but I believe it is the the, the current structure and system that we have. So if you you know, given that if we have the the, the current structure that we have now. <clears throat> Uh, no way that a woman can ever be a prime minister because in all of the political parties that we have here in Malaysia now, right, a women group is like a branch. So there is no chance for any women leader, uh, however good that she is, like Tansri Rafida, um, you know, that they will ever get the chance to be on the driving seat, to be the leader of the political party that will then, uh, you know, say, wins the next election. To become um, the uh, what they call it uh, the um, the next prime minister. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, but except for say Pasti Kadilan now, which you know the de facto leader is uh, is a female. Mm. But uh, in most often than not, all of the political parties set up their you know their their structure in such a way that women are in the same group as say youth. You know, and it's not being seen as uh, in the same balance situation with men. So, come on, correct me if I'm wrong. I think what you're saying is, is that, I mean, despite the array of female candidates who would be perfect um, for the office of prime minister, you're saying that structurally it's almost impossible uh, for them to reach that level due to what's, whatever current legacy elements are in place. Yeah. yeah, it is the obstacles that we put in place. I mean... If you look at the organizations now, right, if you compare, say, when I was, when I started working about 25 years ago compared to now, uh, the structure and system have changed tremendously to allow for women to go up, you know, the career ladder, the corporate ladder, be it that there might still be a so-called glass ceiling, but we could advance, you know, quite, uh, quite far in our career now in various uh, corporate uh, organisations or even within the government itself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, Kamar, uh, for your comments. And, you know, what you said uh, echoes some of the conversations that we had yesterday on International Women's Day. Our final caller before the 6.30 News is Daniel. Uh, hi, Daniel. Very quickly, uh, tell us what you think about this. Hey, guys. Uh, I agree with the previous caller and her point, but uh, there's a lot of questions uh, coming from your, the caller before, Vincent, that is not constitutional well i think we should be raising more questions of why why are we telling ourselves 
uh, why are we focusing on the person, the individual's gender, on whether that individual is capable of leading uh, the country and being in office? I think it is more important on what that in- individual is ready to give for us as as people. You know, and uh, <laughs> do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Daniel. Uh, we've run out of time before the 6.30 news. And uh, do call us back at 037710 uh, But, you know, th- it's something that what Daniel mentioned, you know, is about focusing on the merits and the qualities of the individual at hand rather than this discussion about gender. Yeah, no, but also I think we, we've gone past the uh, question of, I think we, we know that there are women who are perfectly qualified to do the job. Mm-hmm. And I think what are our current structures that are restricting that? Um, opportunity. Hey folks, we're talking about whether Malaysia is ready for a female Prime Minister. Join in on the conversation after the 6.30 News with Keith Kam. It's BFM 89.9. Psst, you there? Open your mouth and talk! It's Talkback Time on BFM 89.9. It is Tom Bank here with Uma and Ezra. The number to call is 0377109000. You can text or WhatsApp us 0162019000 and tweet us at BFM Radio. We're asking the question, is Malaysia ready for a female prime minister? Um, it's actually been a mixed bag in the past 30 minutes or so. Uh, a lot of people think that it is possible, but... Um, you know, it, it, there, it's, it's a series of answers on after, you know what happens after the but. Yes, but also because uh, I think the primary response we've been getting is that our current system, whether it's societal mm-hmm. or otherwise structural, is is yeah. what's preventing uh, women from rising to the top. Yeah. Right? Uh, we've got tweets in. Uh, Lousy impresario says, if we have a female candidate that is able to represent Malaysia, why not? Um, uh, at Alphabet Crop 7 says why is this even a question the future is female the future is now Ooh, that's, very right, nice, very that's nice. right and uh, and then of course we have someone who tweeted in going Rafida Aziz for next PM <laughs> well yeah she's been she's a name that has uh, cropped up quite a bit in, in the past half an hour you know I mean personally I'm I'm up for a female prime minister I'm up for more women um, in parliament I, I do you know similar to the comments by the youth and sports minister it'd be great to see more female uh, candidates running it, it, in the next general election. We've just sorted this stuff out. Lah. It would be great. Yeah, <laughs> but I, and I understand some of the, the frustrations that a lot of our callers are, are, are sharing as well in terms of what they see and what they're listening when it comes to the overall conversation about women and their place in, in the public sphere. So I just want to add another sub-question actually. I mean, Go are on, you ready Dan. to, are you, you know, is Malaysia ready for a female prime minister? That's one question. Also, um, I want people to talk about, I guess, the conditioning we're getting at home and if that's changed yeah. uh, since they were children, since we were children to how you're raising your children now, right? Because I think there's a certain amount of conditioning that, uh, you know, not it's, we're not like America where... Everyone is told you can be anything you want to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we are we are kind of hit over the head with some harsh realities. Uh, you know, young Uma, you're a little brown boy. You can only be so much. You know, right, well, right. Don't that, don't put words into your mom's mouth. You just called into the program zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. William is on the line. Hi, William. Hi. Good evening, uh, Uma and Ezra. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I, I guess I got to agree with you guys. You know that we are ready for a female prime minister. Uh, you know, for someone who, you know, I've lived in Australia itself when Julia Gillard was actually a prime minister. Yes. Yeah. Um, she has actually done a lot of things. You know, I had the privilege of meeting up with her as well um, just before she became a prime minister. At the time, she was the then deputy prime minister. Uh, you know, we share a lot of, you know, sentiments, you know, on how, how we can actually move forward with this. 
And she also agrees that, you know, uh, Malaysia should actually have a female prime minister. Is that what she told you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that that was the very moment, you know, when she told me back in 2010, you know, when we actually had a roundtable session, you know, uh, uh, when I was actually still in Australia at that time. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, um, going back to someone who actually said that, you know, women are less corrupted, you know, I don't quite agree with that. Because as you can see, you know, uh, in, in the past history, you know, we, we, we had a female who are actually in the top office who are actually corrupted as well. Uh, for example, you know, the former Filipino president, um, the current uh, president of South Korea, Park Geun-hye, and the Brazilian president as well. Yeah. You know, so, those you know, are all very good examples. Those are very good examples uh, to your case, yes. Correct. You know, so I, I don't quite agree, you know, with, you know, to say that, you know, women are less corrupted. And I guess if you are in top office, there are a lot of, you know, uh, things that, you know, might and distract you, you know, you say you're not corrupted, but at the end of the day, you know, the people will judge for itself, you know, at the end of the day. All right. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much for that, William. And, and that was, right. Yeah. Corruption is just, it's human nature, right? It's got nothing to do with gender. Uh, it's, it's power more than anything else. Yeah. Power is so consuming. It's addictive. And, you know, whoever enters into that space um, is being challenged by that particular element. Uh, 0377109000. You can text or WhatsApp us at 016-201-9000. And also tweet us at BFM Radio. We're asking whether Malaysia is ready for a female prime minister. Hannah is next on the line. Hi, Hannah. Hello. I think if there's one thing that's stopping Malaysia from getting a Malaysian, uh, a women prime minister, is because of one thing. Carry and on. That is, we don't have we don't have access to proper mentorship uh, in politics. Not enough mentorship um, in politics. And and what do you th- and how do you th- how do you foresee that taking place exactly? So because if we see at history and sites, right? If you look at India, if you look at the, the former. Um, uh, India, which have uh, women prime minister before, and then we have uh, Benazir Bhutto in Pakistan. We have Makapagal Arroyo. They all came from a political. Ba- uh, they have political background family. That's right. That's that's why it's easier for them to have access because they have uh, they have the father figure or uncle, direct mentorship. Whereas women in Malaysia, we don't have that much of access. So if there's, I think if there's one or two, it's just. Not, not more, not many, you know. So, uh, I think that's the reason that it's actually stopping us because we don't have proper uh, mentorship access as compared to men because of the social constraint, especially being an, an Asian woman. So, yeah, that's my view. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, even if you look at that, the the, the, the recent generation, uh, not the recent, just, just the previous generation, one gone of uh, female politicians in Malaysia. If you look at the opposition politicians, people like Nurul Isa and Wan Aziza, you know, they were reluctant politicians. Yeah. And, you know, they've grown into the role very, very well. Yeah. But they started off not really wanting to be politicians. They were victims of circumstance. Yeah, and uh, it's something that, uh, you know, we mentioned some stats earlier about the, the number of women, um, you know, currently active in politics, women in senior positions of leadership within the business sector, whether it's private or public, we would love to see those numbers go up. And of course, this evening, we're asking you, um, you know, why is it the case as, as to you know, the current state of, of where the numbers are? 
0377109000. Text or WhatsApp us on 0162019000. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Of course, we also have a poll taking place on Twitter. You can participate in that poll at twitter.com slash BFM Radio. It's a simple yes or no whether you support the idea. The numbers have slightly changed. Yes, we're asking, do you support having a Malaysian female prime minister? Now it's 69% saying yes, and the no has gone up to 31%. Well, if you think and are saying no and voting in these polls, no, I think the only thing that you need to do is call us at 0377109000. Tell us why you think so. We'd love to hear you um, share your particular sentiment and um, perhaps tell us why as well. We've got a WhatsApp from a listener who says, has to start somewhere. To begin with, our current leaders have to start respecting women of all races, faiths and backgrounds, nothing less. Political, Political ideology can change over time, but if politicians who should lead by example do not even respect women in the first place, how can our generation and generations to come learn to do the same? I think that's an incredibly astute point. Yeah. Is Malaysia ready for a female prime minister? Our next caller is Anaf. Hi, Anaf. Yeah, hello. Hello. Tell us what you think. Um, let me start with a statement that Malaysia comprises of uh, multi-religion. And, uh, and Islam is uh, the biggest so far uh, religion. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, 50 point something, nearly 60% of Malaysians are Muslims. So there are certain doctrines uh, in Islam that in a way prevent a woman to be the leader uh, on the top level uh, leadership. Right. Carry on. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, on, that, on that base, uh, I do not really see uh, with the status of Malaysians um, having... Oh. oh no! Oh. I lost you. Do call. Oh, they were just, you just was getting to the juicy bit. Okay, enough. Um, call us back zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. I don't know if it was a technical difficulty on his end or our end, but do call us back zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. He was getting. He was getting to the point that um, in his interpretation of the Islamic doctrine that perhaps you know that's were, what's holding us back. Yes, uh, I would say that I would disagree with that notion uh, but you know we'll give uh, enough the opportunity to call back 0377109000 Munir is next on the line hi Munir um, hi hi guys tell us what you think yeah so so no I think for me um, I have uh, four kids uh, my young my eldest is 15 now and um, I don't know I mean for me as a parent Am I okay if she wants to be a prime minister or not? I don't think I'll be stopping her. Um, having said that, am I encouraging her? Maybe not. Um, that's my point number one. Maybe not meaning that, you know, I will not necessarily want to push her to those kind of roles if she, if she doesn't want to. But if she expresses interest, uh, what, would you encourage her? I think politics is, is, is you, you need to have those kind of... Um, in order to be effective in politics. I get what you mean. Um, yeah, so I don't know whether I want to expose my, my kids yeah. in those kind of life. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a concerned father. Right? You're a concerned father. I think, yeah. I, I think, yeah, that's a completely different argument, but I agree with you. There are a lot of parents out there um, basically who keep advising their children to stay out of politics. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, I think, you know, um, having said that, I think it's going to be a natural transition into women leaders because um, when you look at the universities and whatnot, you have you see more female students than, than guys. So I don't know. I, I have a feeling that it's going to happen simply because there will be more bright women out there. Oh, so uh, you're absolutely right. More. They outnumber men at universities in a huge way. 
Munir, can, can I just ask, I mean, we're talking about whether Malaysians are ready for a female prime minister, but just in your community, in your um, office space, uh, do you see more women entering into positions of leadership? And, you know, is that something that you've observed? Yes, definitely. But I have to say that my observations uh, in, in where I work right now, actually, is those normal normal roles like um, human resources or finance um, or maybe business planning. But I don't see yet those who are in those, um, not see many at least, those who are in engineering, uh, more challenging ones. So I guess it's growing, but maybe perhaps um, to those roles that it has more compli- uh, complexity, maybe not enough. All right. Thank you very much for your call, Munir. Um, 0377109000 is the number uh, to call. You know, he, he shared some you know very, very interesting points there about his own personal um, observations and uh, perhaps some of the conflict that he feels about this particular question as well as a father um, and uh, as somebody who wants to see women actually progress in the public sphere as well. Yeah, and, and thanks for that, Munir. I mean, um, we, we, we are encouraging people to call in as well to talk about I guess the nurturing role as well. We've talked about systems and structures that are holding women back uh, in politics, but also what about the conditions at home and are, are women being encouraged to do that as well? All right, zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. You can text or WhatsApp us at zero one six two zero one nine thousand. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Zakia, you're next on the line, but we've got to take a quick word from our sponsors. It's Top Back on BFM eighty nine point nine. Get in touch right now. Call 0377109000. Text 0162019000 or tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Talkback on BFM 89.9. Those are the numbers. It's Uma and Ezra for Talkback 0377109000. Tell us what you think as to whether Malaysia is ready for a female prime minister. Uh, We've received a whole bunch of calls uh, giving us different perspectives on this particular issue, um, commenting on the state of affairs, uh, commenting on what's happening in the private sector and the public sector, commenting on some of uh, the discussions happening within homes at the dinner table about what their hopes and dreams of uh, are of their of their respective kids as well. And um, tell us what you think. Is Malaysia ready for a female prime minister? Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. We've got a tweet from at Fikri Salam who says, uh, uh, "Anyone SPM, regardless of gender, the current system." systematically shuns women from politics. That's a message that's been coming through uh, relatively loud and clear throughout mm-hmm. this talkback session. All right, uh, moving on to our next caller. It's actually Anaf. Uh, we were speaking uh, earlier to Anaf uh, and he got cut off and he's called back in. Anaf, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, yeah. Terrific. Okay, so maybe just restart uh, what your initial premise was so that uh, the listeners who've just joined us can chime in as well. Tell us what you think. Yeah, all right. So I, I do really see that Malaysia will have... Uh, in maybe a short time, uh, having a, a female leader, I'm sorry. Uh, because Malaysians are comprised of a majority of Muslims, and uh, there are certain doctrines in Islam that prevent a woman from being a top leader of a, a country. Yeah, so uh, let me carry on on my, uh, my point. Yeah. Is that I'm not quite sure uh, the amount of Muslims are they getting bigger or getting lesser? I'm not going to uh, elaborate on that matter. But then again, what I see in Malaysia now is um, the Islamization of uh, Malaysians are getting uh, far beyond what, what, what people have been uh, through, through years back. Uh, for example, uh, people, people are 
I guess more uh, closer to religion. Uh, people are understanding more uh, regarding Islam, and even there, there's a term of Islamization of knowledge in uh, uh, higher institutions, for example, UIA, Islamic uh, International University, and also USIM uh, in the uh, Greece Milan. So uh, I really think uh, if this uh, positive um, uh, matter, in, in my my perspective, uh, carry on, uh, I do not really see that Malaysia will uh, agree on the on the on, on, on the fact that uh, having a female leader. Well, now, um, Anna, I mean, my question to you is. You know, if you believe on the premise of equality, um, you know, between men and women and for them to potentially achieve whatever they want to achieve, do you not see that as something possible within our circumstance? Yeah, I, I do agree on the uh, fact equality is something um, very good and people are demanding uh, that. But then again, we have to understand that each and every country has their own ways of thinking. And this uh, this way of thinking is not something that you know uh, equality can uh, can change it easily. Uh, but so I think my question to that is that we've already seen women in politics rise to very significant positions, and it's not it's not really that too much of a step away from deputy prime minister or prime minister. So, I mean, I, I can't see the difference between, say, deputy prime minister, prime minister, and, say, minister of trade, for example, because you're already pretty much at you're the highest the level of administration. Yeah. I, and and, I, and, and our, I, I guess our Islamic credentials have never held us back in that sense. Yeah. Uh, there's a discussion um, that uh, there are muftis, uh, leader of uh, Islamic jurists, uh, agree uh, on the uh, on, on, on the notion of having a female leader, but then again, leadership has the the, the own layers, um, maybe small leaders or maybe a, a higher level of leadership. So I I, I am a student of, of religion. I, I'm still studying, uh, and I do not really see that Malaysia uh, in the in the fifth or juri- Islamic jurist uh, way of thinking mm-hmm. agree uh, on the matter of having a female. Uh, Prime Minister. Thank you very much for calling in. I I completely understand, uh, I guess, the perspective that you were bringing. um, And I think, uh, you know, what Anaf is trying to comment on, he's sort of looking at the existing circumstances and the understanding of how um, this Islamization that he's referring to in the country and how that in itself might um, discourage and put a lot of people from even thinking or pursuing uh, some of these uh, ambitions, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And of course, in the direction in which he's heading, if it's um, if it's um, a positive one, which he which is how he sees it, at he sees that that could have a negative impact on anyone of the female gender with such ambitions. I mean, not, well, you know, call us and uh, tell us your thoughts on that as well. Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. Zakia is next on the line. Hi, Zakia. Hi, Zakia. Okay, this is Zakia here. Um, okay, my take on this is um, to even dream of having a, a woman prime minister uh, at this point of time for Malaysia is uh, almost impossible because, first of all, to even have a woman to be a candidate for uh, the prime minister role, you have to have a political platform. The problem in Malaysia, we don't have a political platform for a woman to be a prime minister. You see, the biggest parties, um, the biggest political parties in Malaysia are uh, PAS and UMNO with the biggest 
women wings. Mm-hmm. And but the problem is in Amno, the women members are very happy to be mere cheerleaders. Uh, you know, uh, since independence, uh, the prime minister, uh, the ministerial roles and the deputy ministerial roles that are given to women are minor. Even when they are given the task of handling the the women, family and development, uh, the unity uh, uh, minister ministry, they 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 are not doing their part. And then in parts, which has a really big women's wing, uh, they, they're happy, they, even though they're doctors, engineers, educators, they're happy to take a back seat and play second fiddle uh, to their leaders and become mere vote collectors. These women wings are very important to the political parties, but they're happy to be just, uh, to be made uh, vote collectors during the, uh, what you call general elections. So to be able to even dream of having a woman prime minister, let's say, as KJ said, by 2050. First of all, there is a major need for uh, Malaysian women to join any party uh, in in NMSA, you know, to to actually to go and uh, get into the party, uh, make it very strong. The women's wing must be able to stand on par with the youth and the, uh, what do you call the, the, the party leaders, then only we can actually dream. It doesn't matter if you're Malay, Muslim, or whatever race it is. Right. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, at the moment, the biggest uh, women politicians in Malaysia are Malay Muslims, but they're they are happy to play second fiddle. That's, that's my take. Now, Zakia, I mean, do you think, um, I don't know, maybe we can dial it back maybe five to ten years. Don't you think that there's been at least some meaningful progress with regards to the participation of uh, female leaders within these respective political you parties? Have, you, you, have, you have reluctant women politicians pushed to the fore. Right. Like uh, you have Nurul Iza, you have uh, Wan Aziza, you have uh, even um, in uh, Gerakan and in uh, MCA. But, at, but still... They are not good enough. These are reluctant politicians. And even though Nurul Iza may have been popular, but she still is not uh, prime minister material. You know, and we, we had once, we had like people like Rafida Aziz and uh, people who could uh, actually uh, stand up to the men and say, look, I can take charge. But then when, when you do that, the culture is such that you are seen to be more of a man than a woman. So there... There needs to be a shift uh, of mentality, uh, a political mentality among the Malaysian women first, uh, before we can even think of, uh, you know, to to be able to dream of having, even for that matter, a deputy prime minister, a woman as a deputy prime minister. Mm-hmm. And where do you think, um, and where do you think the the conditioning begins at home? The conditioning does not begin at home. They are they 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 are gung ho. Malaysian women are very vocal, very free, very outspoken, all races, and they they, they go in. They they gung ho about joining and making a joining political parties and making a difference. Right. Problem is when you join the political party, then you are dumbed down. Then you find that. So, right. so, so the, I guess the political parties themselves are not structured enough to be conducive no. to no. For, you know for no. great. Political leaders to political emerge. Parties in Malaysia are not ready to put women to the fore. Do you it think there's an opportunity for uh, for another party to be organised in such a way that allows women it to depends, be? 
it depends on the shift of political mentality for women. Because even in, let's say, for uh, PKR, even though it has uh, one Aliza as the president, and then they don't actually have a youth wing, I, I mean, a women's wing to, to speak. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, they have uh, what they call the girls, uh, the, young, the young women. They don't, they don't join, they join the youth. But even then, you realize that, that they are not pushed to the fore. And then you, you find uh, Amno Putri. Amno Putri was supposed to be the, uh, the, the, women, uh, the young women who can uh, be nurtured to take over the uh, Amno Wanita. But the problem is Amno Wanita itself are mere cheerleaders. And I guess in both circumstances, you know, nothing has emerged uh, quite to the satisfaction that you've just described. Thank you very much for calling in, Zach. I've much appreciated. Um, and you know, I, I and, and that's a real problem across the board, across all political parties. Absolutely, folks. We've got more Talkback coming up right after the seven o'clock news. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. It's Talkback right here on BFM eighty nine point nine zero three double seven one zero nine thousand to Talkback BFM eighty nine point nine. It's Uma and Ezra on the Talkback Show. I don't know why I was going to say the evening edition. The Talkback talk Show. The Talkback Show. It's Talkback, Uma and Ezra here. And you can call us at 0377109000. Text or WhatsApp us at 0162019000. Tweet us at BFM Radio. For the past hour, folks, we've been talking about whether Malaysia is ready for a female prime minister. That uh, question was sparked off by our own youth and sports minister, Kari Jamaluddin. He expressed his wish for a Malaysian society that move on from being patriarchal and misogynistic and and objectifying women and he added that he also wishes for a female prime minister by the year 2050 and of course that uh, you know when you think about that particular date 2050 that's um, prime minister Najib's uh, target date for uh, Malaysia to achieve a developed nation yeah the TN50 plan right we've got some tweets Uh, Chris Ng says we don't treat our daughters differently from our sons so why have a different perception on women politicians I think I disagree with that Chris I, I think there are a lot of families out there who do treat their daughters quite differently from <laughs> the way they treat their sons, right? Yeah. Uh, um, just everything from the way you raise them to certain, I guess, practices you have in place regarding inheritance, all of that. It yeah. does treat women quite differently from the way it treats men. Um, Said Hussein says, ultimately, it really depends on the candidate, though. Um, uh, at D. Mutum says, my daughter's dream is to become the PM one day, and I support her fully. And yeah, I think we support her fully, too. you got to have those kind of dreams. Yeah, um, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, some of the conversations that we've been having you know, over the past hour or so. And um, a lot of people have brought up, um, you know, some of the usual names and suspects. You, you think about uh, Margaret Thatcher, you think about uh, Aung San Suu Kyi. Uh, there, there is a question to be asked, you know, have there been enough uh, role models uh, for other young people to mirror? And I don't know whether how important that is within the equation. And I think, you know, when we think about just some of the more recent global events of potentially Hillary Clinton being the first American uh, female president, you know, it, would that have created a domino effect in, in, in other societies to some degree? Oh, for sure. I think, I think those kind of role models are very important. I think seeing someone uh, up there, you, know, you can be told it a hundred times, but then seeing someone up there in the job uh, doing it, it, it's got a completely different impact. I'm sure there is an entire generation of young Americans who have benefited greatly purely from the image of seeing Barack yes. Obama as 
president or even as Hillary Clinton as the front runner of a major political party uh, achieve what she did. Don't forget, you know, she did get three million more votes than the other guy. So yeah. um, she was an incredibly popular candidate in that in that in that sense as well. Uh, we're asking you: Is Malaysia ready for a female prime minister? The number to call is zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. We have Lee next on the line. Hi, Lee. Thanks for calling in. Tell us what you think about this topic. Uh, yes, I, I want to just comment on the just now the, the guy Anna say about the women in politics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there should be any Islamification in politics, and and not Islamification also in women's educational system. Okay, and and would uh, you like to elaborate a little bit more on that? Yes, because right, okay. Uh, because if 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 this happen, all right, this if this happen, the religion extremists uh, will say that uh, next the next thing they will be barring women from studying in school at all. I want to challenge all the Muslim women in Malaysia. Do you want you and your daughter to have this fate happen to you? All right. Yes, I agree. People should have a choice in choosing their religion and practicing their religion, but some stuff should not be mixed with, in, with religion. And, 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 and politics being one of them, and that's you know uh, something that's been echoed uh, earlier by one of our callers as well. You know, a separation of church and state when it comes to these types of uh, throughout, considerations. Throughout yeah. our history, it's been echoed by our prime ministers. Yeah, as well. Uh, Doctor Mahade has said it. Albeit uh, the implementation and, and the rhetoric, ha- there's a bit of a gap there. There is, yeah. there is, but the, but our prime ministers have echoed very very similar sentiments as well. Yeah. Our next caller is Hairu. Uh, hi, Hairu. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Tell us what you think. Okay. Right now, for I believe that's one thing. Uh, I am wholly supporting that Malaysia should have a, a, a woman prime minister. Hello. Carry on. Yeah. Okay. But circumstances right now in Malaysia wouldn't allow it. We can't even have the right prime minister. I mean, the right choice prime minister as a prime minister. Then why why should we talk about gender? Forget about it. All right. Thank you very much, Hairu. And uh, yeah, no, I think we we get the, the the general sentiment of what he was saying there. Yes, you do. I mean, there is a, there is a. A sense of defeatism, I suppose, uh, when it comes to politics in Malaysia, where people don't necessarily think that their vote matters or their say matters. But of course it does. I mean, we've seen how, you know, the the politics has become more contentious ever since uh, March of 2008, for sure. But (laughs) I think there has been significant... Gosh, that seems such a long time ago. It it was a long time ago. But there seems like there's been significant progress in our discourse um, since that time. I mean, yeah, no out i mean with the with the presence of um, interesting i guess opposition leaders in parliament as well the debate is really really vibrant and that's what we want right yeah uh, and, and and whether change comes or not uh, the journey to that change is just as important yeah i think there's you know generally uh, a sense of you know defeatism and, and skepticism about this idea about having a female prime minister but i think you know, with some of the conversations I've had with younger folks, whether they're in college and university, it's it's within their mindset. If it's within their mindset, who am I to say to say, you know, what that's not going to happen? It 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 it, it feels well, like as, as long that people can actually 
uh, translate and envision that idea, that's that's a great starting point. Well, we'll talk. Uh, well, let's talk about the generational gap, right? I mean, the generally the generational gap is going to change a lot, right? Yeah. In America, we saw the vote divide between the people who voted Trump, being of an older generation, yeah, uh, versus the some of the younger people who would vote for Hillary Clinton and Democrat. Mm-hmm. So in America, the the game now is that is, they're just essentially waiting for these old people to die, up, yeah, um, uh, for some kind of political sea change, right? Yeah. We're an aging population. There isn't that much of a huge generational gap yet, but I think we'll get there in about 30 years. And we could have this talk back session and the callers could be saying something completely different as well. Our final caller of the evening is Ikwan. Uh, Ikwan, tell us, female prime minister in Malaysia, do you think it's possible? Uh, hi, yes, I think it's, it's definitely possible. And I totally agree with that generational gap thing. Yeah. Um, the, the, the politics now are very racial based. And the young generations are very sick and tired of it. So I think um, in, 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 uh, even before 2050, I think um, there's going to be a time where we're going to have a non-Malay prime minister and most, most possibly be a, a lady. All right. Thank you very much for that, Ikwan. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know it's, I think it's important to end on a positive and optimistic note, especially when it comes to this particular topic. Uh, Uma's just finally uh, some uh, texts and tweets uh, and, and WhatsApp messages that a lot of people are sending in. And also tell us a little bit more about uh, the poll that we put up uh, earlier just after the 6 o'clock news. Yeah. So let, let's go to some tweets. I think, I think a lot of our tweets have said yes to a female prime minister one day that was uh, from Water Lily. Um, and... I think people are saying that there is the opportunity and that they can see a female prime minister and that they do want a female prime minister, but they admit that there are tremendous amounts of hurdles along the way. Yeah. Uh, as for the poll, we are uh, over the last hour and a bit, we've topped off at 137 votes and the numbers have kind of yeah, pretty much standardized to that 72-28%. So 72% say yes, they support having a female prime minister. Meanwhile, 28% say no, they do not. All right, folks, thank you very much for calling in and for your t- Text and tweets. That's been top back. I wanted to end on a slightly different note, uh, Uma. And this is, um, you know, I don't know if you saw over the past few hours, uh, Black Sabbath, uh, the great heavy metal band. Yeah. Uh, they've officially announced uh, the end. They put two sort of um, social media postings, uh, basically saying Black Sabbath, 1968 to 2017. I think uh, Geezer Butler, Ozzy Osbourne, and Tony Iommi have uh, called it a day. They've called it a day. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you can Google and, and tweet that a little bit more to find out. Uh, the true issues about that but you know next year will be the 50th anniversary and I think it's been a great run that that band has been going on and we're going to end the show wait wait hold on what Black Sabbath have been around for 50 years. Yes. Uh, I think next year is going to be their 50th anniversary as that a band. That is remarkable. There you go. Cybercadabra, Black Sabbath, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.